Okay, so we are working our way through the Bali Hamasera. The um Okay, so we're working ourselves uh, through the Bali Hamasera, the masters of the oral tradition, as we said a number of times, that Rambam makes a list and he counts forty generations from Moshe Rabbeinu until the Talmud Bavli, until the Gemara, the Babylonian Talmud, um, and the way that the Torah was passed on from generation to generation for all that time. Um, so we're using a little bit for this section and period of time that we're learning, we're using a little bit the Mishnayis and Pirkei Avos, right? Because, just to backtrack for, backtrack for a moment, we've gone through different periods of time. We started with Moshe Rabbeinu, so at the beginning you had the, um, it was all Nevi'im. It was all the Nevi'im and the Nevi'im alone, there was different eras, our eras, there's the, uh, there's Moshe and Yeshua and the Zekeinim and the Shoftim and the Nevi'im. So we went through all of that. And then we got to the times of the Anshik Nessas Hagdoila. The Anshik Nessas Hagdoila was headed by Ezra, right? Ezra the Sefer was a Kayin as well. Um, and that was really the end of the Tkufa, of the period of time that was primarily prophets. Um, and then you started with the Chachamim and the uh, early Tanoim, and that was after the Anshik Nessas and that's where we began using the Pirkei Oves. And we saw there was um, Shimon HaTzadik was the last of the Anshik Nessas Agdola. I don't have my list in front of me. Anyone remembers what number was Shimon HaTzadik? 23. Was he 23? So Shimon and then we went to Antignos Yisoho, and then we moved on to the peers, right? Yeah. The what? We're, the peers. P-A-I-R-S. This is a problem always. The peers. Um, however it is. I heard it. And that's where you had... That's like um, what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And therefore, and that's what we were looking through Pirkei Ovis. In the first chapter, we had Yossi ben Yezer and Yossi ben Yechanan. And then we had Yeshua ben Prachia and Nitei Harabeli. Um, followed by Yehuda ben Tabai and Shimon ben Shatach. Then we had Shmaya and Avtalio, who were unique. They were Gerim, we talked about that. They were converts. And then the final of the peers, and that was Hillel and Shammai. Um, whenever you had that Zug, that peer, so you had first was the um, Nasi, the prince, and then the Av Bezden. Um, and that was, five, that was five numbers in our list. So therefore we got to Hillel, and that's number... 29, right? And that's what we're holding in that, in the magical number of 40, which interestingly, 40 is always a number connected to Torah and to wisdom. Meshach um, Rabbeinu was in the mountain, 40 days and 40 nights. Ben Arboim Labina, 40 is a number, somehow that always comes back to Torah. 40 days and 40 nights too. Yeah, but that was a concept of Torah, of water, of mikvah, so it's 40, right? Um, so here we have the 40 steps and the generations of the way that the Torah is being transmitted. So, we're holding by Hillel Hazakim. Hillel, we mentioned last week, we started talking about Hillel. Hillel assumes the leadership of Klal Yisrael is 100 years before the destruction of the second base on Mikdash. And that's when Hillel um, steps into Nesius. At this point, there's a very interesting thing that happens for the first time. And that is, the next many generations, uh, 13 to be sure, the Nasi, the one who carries the official title of Nasi of Klal Yisrael, is going to be direct descendants of Hillel. Hillel, his son, his grandson, great-grandson, great-great-grandson, and this is going to go on for, a, 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 again, a couple of hundred years wow. um, in the family of Hillel. Um, 
But as far as our list is concerned, what's, what's most important is the next seven generations after Hillel. Um, I'm going to say it very quickly, but then we're going to break, we'll go back and, and we're going to break it down step by step. Seven generations after his children or after? No, no, Rebecca? from Hillel, starting from Hillel, which was tw- 29 on our list. Okay, Hillel's son is going to be number 30, and his name is Shimon. Okay, we'll see soon that we don't know a lot about that Shimon, and we'll discuss that. Shimon's son is Gamliel, and he is called Rabban Gamliel Hazakim. Literally means Rabban Gamliel the Elder. We'll see also why he's called the Elder. So he's going to be number 31. Okay, Rabban Gamliel's son is Shimon. Uh, Shimon ben Gamliel. So that is number 32. What's Gamliel? What does all that mean? What does it mean? Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I could I could guess. It's Gamliel. like Gamal. Gamliel. It can is that be different. Aramaic? Also, to me, could be. Probably an Aramaic name. Right? Why? It sounds Aramaic. Could be. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so where was I? Hillel, Shimon, Gamliel, Shimon, and then Gamliel again. The second Gamliel is called Rabban Gamliel of Yavne. Wow. And we'll discuss that. Okay. What number is what, what number is Rabban Gamliel of Yavne? Thirty-three. You call Rabban Gamliel May Yavne? Rabban Gamliel de Yavne from Yavne. Okay. Rabban Gamliel of Yavne's son is going to be Shimon. <laughs> no. okay. Yes. Should we guess? And Shimon's son is going to be Hillel. No. No. So Shimon ben Gamliel and Shimon ben Gamliel, do they say the second or the first? Or they See, that's why the two Gamliels are called differently. The first Gamliel is called Gamliel Hazokin, and the second one is Rabban Gamliel of Yavne. So that's in order to differentiate between them. Oh, but what about the two Shimon? So they're just called Shimon ben Gamliel Hazaki and Shimon ben Gamliel of Yavna. Okay? The son of this Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel II, his son is one of the most famous people and one of the most important people, especially in the conversation of this year, and that is going to be Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. Otherwise known as Rabbeinu HaKadosh or Rebbe Plain. The only person who's called Rebbe Plain in the, in, the, in the age of the Mishnah is this Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, who is seventh generation to Hillel. Right? Wow. If you count down, yet Hillel, number one, Shimon, Gamliel Hazakain, Shimon, Gamliel of Yavne, Shimon, and Rebbe Yehuda Hanasi. Yudhanasi, of course, is the author, um, or really better said, the compiler of the first book of the oral tradition, and that is Mishnah, the Shisha Sidra Mishnah, the six orders of the Mishnah, that was compiled by Rabbi Huda Hanasi, and he, therefore, on our list, is number 35. 35. So we're only five steps away from the magical number, which we're not going to get to tonight, but um, that is Rabbi Huda Hanasi. So that was a very quick picture of the first generation of Hillel's family. Now, that family keeps on going with a number of other Gamliels and Shimons and other names and Yehudas, um, and is going to end with Hillel. Hillel the Second Hillel. 
the, from the first Hillel to the second Hillel is 13 generations. Um, and that final Hillel is a very important person in history because he's the one who made our calendar. The perpetual calendar that we have, that we know when is Rosh Chodesh and when the is this. The lunar calendar. The lunar calendar was set, established by Hillel II about, I don't know, 200 and something What's years after the destruction. Nasiya? Nasiya? He was, he was a, because he was a Nasi in his time. After him, it was really the house, the, the, the office of the Nasi was solely disbanded in Golos. That never, that never again was there that type of unified Nasi, which was why he made that calendar so it should be, be able to go on forever until Mashiach comes without any um, Nasi or someone in charge of making Rosh Chodesh and, and deciding it at the time. Okay? Okay, so let's go, let's go back to the beginning. Now, what we have here in these seven generations... From Hillel until Yehuda Hanasi, there's really two lines to talk about. There's the line of Hillel's family, and that's the line I just told you. Hillel, Shimon, Gamliel, Shimon, whatever. But then in this time also is where you have all of the great Tanoim, who really comprised all the teachings of the Mishnah, are made up of the great Sadiqim. And what I'm going to try to do as much as we can tonight is look at this period of time in these seven generations and look at the picture of the of the Tanoim. So the, the one, the number, you know, the one who's in charge of the of the transmission of the Torah is in Hillel's family. And that's why they were called, that was the Nasi, those seven generations that I told you. I told you from number 29 through number 35, Hillel, Shimon, Gamliel, Shimon, Gamliel, Shimon, Rabbi Huda, Nasi, that's Hillel's family. But as they were running the show and on the level of Nasi, there was great Sadiqim and Rabbanim who they were working together hand in hand with and teaching and developing Torah Shabalpa. So, no, not peers, right, right. The peers were only those five. That finished with Hillel. Um, so there was many Sadiqim, as we'll see, many household names, names that we're going to, I'm going to focus for now on the main Tanoim, the ones that I don't think their names are going to be news to anyone here, but it'll be interesting to see how they fit in and in the history of how they developed in that time. These seven generations, these are the generations of the Tanayim? These are the generations of the Tanayim? Yes. Just these seven generations? Um, this is the main generations of the Tanayim. I mean, technically, the, the uh, Shmaya and Aftalion also could be called Tanayim, and those are previous peers, but really the generations of Tanayim are counted these generations, right? Okay. right that's correct. That's correct. So, Hillel... I mentioned last week, lived um, 120 years. In fact, there was four, four of the greatest tzaddikim of the Jewish people, um, three of whom are part of our shir tonight, That's why they didn't lived 120 years. Which most famous tzaddik lived 120 years? Moshe Rabbeinu, obviously. Then we have Hillel. And then in tonight's class, we'll learn about Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. And finally, Rabbi Akiva. All of these four lived 120 years. Oh, that's it? That we know, that the Gemara puts together, those four lived 120 years. Now, Hillel, because he lived 120 years and was a tremendous teacher in Sadiq, so his son, Shimon, really led the Jewish people for a very short period of time. Because if the father lives to 120, <laughs> doesn't leave a lot of time. You know? Unless, you know, he didn't want <laughs> oh, to continue doing right. it. Right. But he, Hillel was the Nasi until he passed away. Wow. And therefore, we know very little about his son Shimon. 
We don't have really teachings of him. He's mentioned, he's mentioned in the Gemara, Shimon, the son of Hillel, and he's considered, again, a number in that link. But factually, as far as teachings and mentionings in the Mishnah, um, there's very little of Shimon, the son of Hillel. We know he was a Sadiq, we know he was a Nasi. Shimon, the son of Hillel. Right. So that's his son, Shimon. Um, Shimon's son, though, is called Rabban Gamliel Hazakin. Um, on a side note, notice the name Rabban, not Rebbe, not Rav. Rabban was a name that was reserved for the Nesim that came from Hillel. Um, for reasons that I don't know, Rabban is part of the Hillel family, aside from one exception, which we'll see tonight. So, Rabban Gamliel Hazakin, Rabban Gamliel the Elder, was a great uh, leader and teacher, and one who's mentioned profusely throughout Mishnah, um, as far as statements and takanos and halachos, um, a very great leader of the Jewish people. That was Rabban Gamliel Hazakin. Okay? His son was Shimon. Now, this Shimon lived in the time of where the second base, the, the, where the Romans were really coming down on the Jewish people, and ultimately the second base on Mikdash is going to be destroyed. During the time of the Churban? Yeah, well, we'll see in a moment. He lived in the era of the Churban by Shani, and he was killed by the Romans. He was one of the ten Haruge Malchus. Right? The, Rabbi Shimon Ben Gamliel Hazakin. Right? So Rabban Shimon, the son of the first Rabban Gamliel, is one of the ten martyrs, one of the Asara Harugi Malchus. So which one is Rabban Gamliel Diyakim? We didn't get to him yet. Oh, so the one right after Shimon is Rabban Gamliel. That's correct. That's going to be his son. So what do you mean he was like one of the ten martyrs? Who were the other? So it, we have it in the, in the um, we say in the davening of Yom Kippur, and we say it on Tisha B'Av and the Kinos twice a year, we talk about the ten martyrs that the Romans killed. Now, interesting, no, interestingly, when you read it in the Machzer and the Siddur, the way the story is written up, it sounds like it happened in one day. Okay. They took out first, then they took out the second, they took out the third, and they took out the fourth, and they killed them. Which is the way it's written in our, in our Nusach, but according to almost everyone, that's not the way it happened. That's a couple hundred. Um, that there was over a hundred years wow, okay. that the Romans killed the ten, ten of the greatest tzaddikim of the of those generations. But, what, but wasn't it the, the leader there said that it ha- this has to be rede- a redemption for the for the um, right, right. They so it's it's so it's it's brought down that the, is, the souls Yosef and they said they checked to see if it was true and they said it was true so they gave their lives. So, that, up. so that's that's what it says in the Mishnah. It took a hundred years, so that leader was patient. He wasn't he wasn't around. So so it doesn't again. So the way the story is written up, it's one leader and these ten people in one day. The way that most, or as far as I know, all really historians have to be on one day, but hundred years is a little bit longer. Right. So but was it? So so it wasn't one person. It because wasn't one person. That it, it I'm not saying a longer period. Yeah, but there was one guy who was very anxious to do it, and he said he made a decree. Oh, you're saying well, what did, kill I didn't know this part. What did this guy? He was anxious to kill all of them. See, ten. Yeah, he's the one said. No, he started telling. Okay. Here. So here's the thing. The ten greatest of the Sadiqim of the time were killed by the Romans. Um, some of them were killed in Eretz Yisrael, some of them were killed in Rome. 
Um, there are certain places in Rome where tradition is that some of them were actually killed. Like who? In the Colosseum, there's, there's, uh, there's places in Rome, I mean, I was there, and they said that here's where this one was killed, this one was killed. Um, according to the Medrashim, the reason, or one of the reasons why these ten people were killed was in some way an atonement for the selling of, that the ten uh, Shvatim sold Yosef uh, at So the way it's written up in the Siddur is that the Roman king says, I want to kill them in order to avenge the uh, selling of Yosef by the ten tribes. Obviously, we're not talking about a big tzaddik of a king. We're talking about a mass murderer who's trying to kill people. But nevertheless, he made it sound in this holy special way. Yeah, but they did check it out. Supposedly, one of them went up to... So that's, that's all in the mass. So he went up to heaven and he saw, is this going to be Xera? And yes, it was Xera. The, the Roman king, you said, wanted to do The Roman king was the one who had them killed, the Roman emperor. Was that Titus? H- Hadrian. Hadrian. Adrianus. Adrianus. I heard this much earlier. Much earlier. Um, people like Rabbi Akiva is famously one of those who were killed, and we'll get to his story as well. Um, Rabbi Hanida ben Tradion. And these um, guys were all contemporaries? They weren't contemporaries? No, no. So all of these people lived in that era of the Churban bias shame. So, one of the first of those ten who was killed was Rabbi Shimon, who was the Nasi, and this is before the Churban. Before the Churban Habayis, he was killed. Um, exactly which, was it Titus, or was it a different one of the generals? We don't know, but he was put to death. When he was put to death, not only was he put to death, they made a gzera, they made a decree that all of his kids should be killed as well. That's how the Romans did. They came in and they killed the leader and they, they you know, death sentenced the family. So his son, Gamliel, was whisked away into hiding. Right? So this Gamliel, who's later going to become Rabban Gamliel of Yavne, and we'll see how that happens, is in hiding. The Jews took him and they hit him because his life was in, in danger, um, whether it was in Israel or out of Israel, but he was hit him. So now the Jewish people, the Nasi, the house of the Nasi, there's no one there because the previous Nasi was killed. Shimon is dead and Gamliel is in hiding in fear of his life. So who comes to the fore? Who's going to lead the Jewish people in this terrible time in history when the second base of Mikdash is going to be destroyed? So now is where, and here's where you have to, really I should have, brought some type of paperwork to make this clearer. A, another great tzaddik comes out right now and becomes the de facto leader of the Jewish people. And he is a disciple of Hillel. Now you might remember the first Hillel. You might remember from last week. I talked about Hillel had many great disciples, many great tzaddikim. We said the greatest of his disciples was Rabbi Yonasan ben Uziel. I think I mentioned this last yeah, week. Yeah. Yonasan ben Uziel. But he had one of, it says, the smaller of his disciples was Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. And now is Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai really starts shining. Because the Jewish people are in Yerushalayim. The Romans have surrounded Yerushalayim. And it's the, no one knows what's going to be. This is the end, this is the end of, of you know, Yiddishkeit as as was known till that time, the second base of Mictus is about to be destroyed. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai emerges then as the leader of the Jewish people. So he's not the official Nasi because he's not from the house of Hillel. He's also not one of the 
the numbers in our list because our numbers went down from Hillel to Shimon to Gamliel to Shimon and so on. But, but the fact is that right now, again, the house of the Nasi is sort of disbanded. The Nasi was killed. The son is in hiding. So Rabbi Yochanan Mezaka becomes the teacher and the leader of Klal Yisrael in Yerushalayim during the time of the destruction of the second base of Mikdash. But how many years till, the, till his son comes out of hiding? Right, so, so I'm going to get to that. So what happens? So now we have one of the very beautiful, sad, famous stories that surround the time of the Churban, which is Rabbi Yochanan Mazakai felt that they should try to make peace with the Romans. Um, they should not fight the Romans, they should try to make peace with the Romans, except that they'll be the leaders and whatever, whatever, and that hopefully to avoid the destruction of Esamikdash at least. But there was a lot of infighting amongst the Jewish people. This is many, many years ago when Jews didn't get along. Um, and there are some people who didn't listen. They listen. There's a lot of, I'm not going to go through the entire. No, no, no. It was the Chachamim against the rebels more. But um, again, it's a lengthy story. I'm not going to tell the story of the Churban now. But what's important for us is ultimately Rabbi Yochanan Zakai smuggles himself outside, outside of the walls of Yerushalayim. And how does he smuggle himself out? In a, in a coffin. In a coffin, because they wouldn't let him out. Um, so he, the word goes out that he died. It was all a trick. He's carry up, carried out by two of his Talmidim. We'll see soon whom. They carry him out to the... Aspasia? To the... Um, yes. To the general who is surrounding, who's leading the uh, Roman army and has laid siege to Yerushalayim. And that is, in the words of the Gemara, is called Aspasianus, and we say Vespasian. Right? Vespasian, Vespasian. And Rabbi Yochum comes to him. And he finds favor in his eyes, and they have a very interesting conversation. Um, but again... In relating to what's important to us, is that this Vespasian grants Rabbi Yochanan Mazakai three wishes. Isn't, didn't Rabbi Yochanan Mazakai tell him that he's going to be the new leader? He did. He did. That's he what did. he told him, that he liked that. He did. Yeah. Well, no, but you know, he told him that the prophecy is going to be the new. Uh, when, he, when, he, when he greeted him, he said, Your Majesty the King. So Vespasian says, you know, you can be put to death for calling me your majesty the king. I'm not the king, I'm just the general. And the Zach says, no, you're the king. By the time that that conversation had completed, so a, um, a vassal had come from Rome and told him that he had been appointed the new king because the Caesar had been died, had been killed, and so on. That's why he gave him the now. So he gave him three wishes. He says, that wish for any three things. Um, don't wish for Yerushalayim, not that I shouldn't destroy Yerushalayim, that's what I'm doing here. But otherwise, wish for three wishes. And he asked for three things. The first thing he said is to save Rabban Gamliel, that child who was in hiding, right? The, the Nasi. He says the first thing was the Nasi, you know, you had you, you, you or whoever it was had the leader killed his son. I want, to, I want him to be granted um, his life and that you won't kill him. That was, that was one. Number two, there was another great Sadiq in Yerushalayim at the time. His name was Rabbi Tzadok. And Rabbi Sadiq was this tremendous Sadiq, holy person, who had been praying for and trying to avert the upcoming destruction. They've been praying and fasting for the last 40 years. And fasting 40 years is very unhealthy, it seems. And he was very, very ill. So he asked for the best doctors, the best royal doctors for Rabbi Sadiq. That was the second wish. And the third wish he asked for is for Yavna. He says, I need a new place 
that we should be able to have the, the, the study, the teachings of Torah, a seat for the yeshiva, for the rabbinate to continue learning and teaching Torah. And he asked for the city of Yavna to become, because until then Yerushalayim was the center of learning. The yeshiva was in Yerushalayim, the place where they learned was Yerushalayim. He says, Ten li Yavne give me Yavne to build there a yeshiva. And How far is Yavne from Yerushalayim? Is that like that? I don't know, it's not that far. It's a different, pl- different place, different, place, different time. Country. But, I mean, it's all... Yeah, that was an Eretz Yisrael. Yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. It's in the north. It's in the north. It wasn't in... Uh-huh. I think it's in the north. It wasn't in Bavel? No, 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 no. Uh-huh. Israel, in Israel. Yeah, and then Sabbath was something you mentioned last week, right? I, I don't think so. I no, no, you're thinking, of, yes, you are, you are right, but a different Sadok. Okay. The Sadok that was mentioned then was a negative, was Sadok, the one who started the Sadducees, right. who was a Talmud of, uh, was a Talmud of um, Antigno Shisoko. So very good, very good, but it's a different Sadok. Because this was a great Sadok, he was the opposite. I'm thinking it was like 40 years, so whatever. Okay, good, good thinking. Um, so if you think about it, what is the common thread of all the three requests of Rabban Gamliel? He asked for the Nasi, he asked for Rabbi Tzadok, he asked for Yavna. What was he looking for? The continuation of Torah, leadership, and, te- and teachings. Right? He knew, Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan Mazake recognized with his greatness that the actual physical building of the Besamitish is going to be destroyed. Yerushalayim as our homeland, we're not going to have now for a long time. But he recognized that what's going to keep Klal Yisrael, Klal Yisrael, is Torah, is teachings of Torah. And Torah teachers who are going to continue the, what we've been taught and continue from Meshach Rabbeinu. And then Yerushalayim will come back and the Besamikdash will come back. You know, the Besamikdash is tremendous, but it's a physical building. As long as the Torah teachings are there, as long as the house of the Nasi is intact, as long as there's the continuity of Torah, then Klai Yisrael lives. And that's really where Rabbi Yochanan Mazakai was miraculously able to save on the day that the Besamikdash is being destroyed. Wow. It's an amazing thing to think about what he was able to, it's a miraculous thing. I mean, the Roman general didn't have to grant him his yeah, wishes. wishes. I mean, like the this, tale, is, this, is a, this is a general, this is a general who's a mass murderer. He's, he's, he's really doing a holocaust to the Jewish people. Right. Right. He was basically and following this, the orders from Rome. Well, he was the king by this point, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he was... He was still, he so, was the, fact, the fact that he did this is obviously, as we know, that as the Pasuk says, Lev malachim v'sarim b'yad Hashem, that what kings and what ministers, everything Hashem controls, but especially those who are in the position of leadership. So, they're really playing out what Hashem's plan is. And Hashem's plan at the time of the Churban was that the Besamikta should be destroyed. And Hashem's plan at the same time was to make sure that Klal Yisrael will always continue. And Klal Yisrael continues through Torah. So, so Rabbi Yechonim Azaka is this tremendous tzaddik who is able to accomplish this in the, in the most difficult and in the darkest times. So what happens now is that the Chachamim move over to Yavne. Rabbi Yochanan Bezakai is the one who leads the yeshiva in Yavne because he started it and he was the one who got it, right? And he was the great Chacham of his time. And sometime afterward, I don't know if it was five years, ten years, whenever it was deemed to be safe, Rabbi Gamliel, the child whose father was killed, comes to Yavna, and immediately he becomes the Nasi in Yavna. Right? So he was in hiding for X amount of time. I don't know exactly how many years it was. Maybe it's known. Maybe it's written somewhere. I don't know. So, but he was like the Nasi that was in hiding. Then he comes back to Yavna, and now that the, uh, th- the death threat has been averted, 
And now he leaves the yeshiva in Yavna together with Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai is a lot older than him. If you think about it, because Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai is a disciple of Hillel. This Gamliel is the son of Shimon, the son of Gamliel, the son of Shimon, the son of Hillel. So Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai is like, you know, it's like three generations further. Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai was from the youngest disciples of Hillel, and Hillel was old. It works out. But Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai is this old, you know, the old um, leader or teacher who received Torah from Hillel, his great, this boy's great-grandfather. And now they lead the yeshiva in Yavna together. Okay? Rabbi Gamliel together with Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai. Now, Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai in Yavna famously has five great disciples. And that's, they are enumerated in the second chapter of Pirkei Avos. If, you're looking, if you want to look into the Siddur, and you look in Perik Beis, chapter um, 2 of Pirkei Avos, in my Siddur, it's on page 215, Mishnah Tess, about five lines, about five lines from the top of page 215. Perik Beis Mishnah Tess begins with Chamisha Talmidim Hoyu Loyal Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai had five disciples. Now it doesn't mean he only had five disciples. It means he had five great disciples, five great leaders of Klal Yisrael disciples. Um, and the Mishnah enumerates Rabbi Eliezer ben Hurkanus, Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananiah, Rabbi Yosei HaKohen, Rabbi Shimon ben Esanel, and Rabbi Elazar ben Arach. Okay, you don't have to have all the names here, but these are the five great disciples of Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai. Um, each one is his own great disciple who gives different teachings in the Mishnah. But in the Mishnah here, it's interesting, who are the two disciples that come, that seem to be the greatest? Is the first and the fifth. The first one is Rabbi Eliezer ben Hurkanus. And the fifth is Rabbi Elazar ben Aruch. Right? Um, and the Mishnah actually says if all the disciples would be on one side or Rabbi Eliezer ben Hurkanus would be on the other, on a scale he would be equal to all of them. And then it says the same thing about the fifth disciple. The first and the fifth are, were considered the two greatest of his disciples. Um, interestingly and sadly, although these two were considered his two greatest, the first one we hear a lot about, as, and as we'll see shortly, the fifth one is almost never mentioned in Mishnah again. The fifth one is Rabbi Elazar ben Aruch. And although the Mishnah here tells us he was one of the great disciples of Rabbi Yochanan Mazakai, somehow his name doesn't appear in halachas and in Mishnahs and teaching us things. Um, and there's, a, again, one of the sad stories, a powerful and sad story in the Gemara, is what happened with Rabbi Elazar ben Aruch. And basically it says that Rabbi Elazar ben Aruch when the, everyone was heading to Yavna to learn, Yavna wasn't such a nice place to live. It wasn't so, uh, you know, it wasn't, just wasn't a... It was a diet. Physical. Yeah, physically, it wasn't a nice place. And, and, what was that? I said it was a dive, but she started to laugh. A dive? A dive. That means like, you know. Okay. Not a great, whatever. Okay, yeah. so... Just a cool way. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Elazar ben Arach didn't like it there. Uh-oh. So what? The and she told her husband, she says, she women. says, we're not going. So I, I don't want to go there. I've been trying to move off of, of Whipple Street the last 45 <laughs> years. Don't don't <laughs> okay, so listen to this story. You'll know that why you're not leaving. Nobody cares. I mean, it's true. 
Okay. What do you mean? Is this true? I'm making it up. It's very true. I've lived with him for years. So, so, so she told her husband, "I don't want to go to Yavna. It's not a nice. I want to go to a nice place. It's a nice, you know." And he says, "But that's the place where Torah is. That's the place where the Chachamim are." So she told him, "She says you're the wisest of the Chachamim. You don't need them. Wherever you are, you'll learn and you'll know and you'll be wise and you'll be learned." And he listened. The Gemara says he forgot all his learning, everything. Because of his what? because he left, he departed from the place. He went away from the place of Torah. It says he went to a nice place. It was a place of good waters and good wines. That's how the Gemara describes it. But I, 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 don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. And it says that he there that there he forgot everything to the extent to the extent. And here you have to hear this. It says that he was once called up to read from the Torah. Now, nowadays, when a, when a man is called to read from the Torah, he doesn't actually read from the Torah, right? We have the Balkori, and the Balkori reads, and the man walks up and says the Baruch on the beginning and the end. In the olden days, that's not the way it was. When you were called up, you read that section. Wow. Right? That, you made a Baruch and read that section. I guess why we don't do that anymore. But, um, but that's how it was. And even today, in some Yemenite places, they still do that. When you get called up, you read your section. So, Rabbi Eliyat, Rabbi Lazar ben Arach was called up to read a section. And it was in the Torah portion of Bo. And there the Pasuk says, HaChodesh Hazeh Lachem Rosh Chodeshim. This month should be Rosh Chodesh. And it says when he was trying to read the words, he couldn't get the words straight. Instead of HaChodesh Hazeh Lachem, he read HaCheresh Hayalibam. Their hearts are deaf? Yeah. Which is, which is indicative of what happened, that his heart had become deaf to Torah. And this is one of the greatest chachamim of the Jewish people. But Rabbi Lazar so says that his chaverim heard, heard, what, heard what happened, and they came, and they, were, they, were, they brought him back, and he, he, he regained some of his greatness, but never, he was never the same. And that's why, although in this Mishnah he's lauded as one of the greatest disciples of, of Rabbi, um, Yochanan ben, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, Ultimately, he's not one of the Tanoim that you hear about later in Mishnah as far as Halacha and so on. Because of this story where he really lost everything because of his leaving the center of Torah. And, and, his, it, and his thing is Kemayan HaMizgaber. Like, right, right, right. He's like Mechadish Kedushin and all that. Wow. See, if your yeah. husband wants you close no, to he's gonna it's say, the holy no. place. Yeah, he says it's has Yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Why leave? It's yeah, but they ruin it, right? It's a masara from his father. I can't yeah. get away. So, so uh, it's. In, in, I'll tell you. I'll, I, we're going a little bit off, but it's such a powerful idea that later in Perik Yavos you have in Perik Revi in chapter four. In chapter four, Mishnah fourteen, on page two twenty three, you have a Mishnah that reads. You have it, Rabbi Nehorai Omer. Rabbi Nehorai says, "Have gola limkom Torah." One should go away to a place of terror. One should go into exile. One should leave their own place and go to a place of terror. Don't say the terror will follow you. By having the right surrounding, the right chaver and the right friends, they will make sure it stays by you. Don't rely on your own wisdom. Some Mepharshim say this Rabbi Nohorai is not Rabbi Nohorai. It's Rabbi Elazar ben Arach talking. Mm-hmm. And he's telling the teaching that he learned from his own life. 
that, that a person has to make sure to be in the right environment and not think I'm so wise and I'm so, I'll, you know, I'll, 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 I'll wing it, I'll do it on my own. And Rebbe Lazar Rach is the ultimate lesson that one shouldn't do that. And one should make sure to be in the right environment, in the right surrounding, as wise as one might be and as strong as one might be, everyone needs that environment. So that's Rabbi Lazar. No, it doesn't contradict. Shlichus is a mysterious nefesh to go out help another yid. There you're not going because I'm fine, I don't need anything, and I'm going to have a good time. Sorry, there, the concept of shlichus, the Rebbe said, was, was a mysterious nefesh. He didn't mean, he wasn't like, okay, it's not important to be in a Jewish environment. It's very important, but to save a brother, to save a child, to save a sister, what don't we do, even putting ourselves in harm's way spiritually in order to help another yid? But it wasn't because it's not important to be in an environment of Kedusha. It was a mysterious nefesh to give that away to help someone else. But if one is not there to help someone or do something, whatever, of course one needs a good environment. And also the Nasi and Dor, the Rebbe, he, he was a directive, it was a connection. Without a doubt. But the Rebbe explained many times that it's not that he's saying that it's not important to be here. The point is, because there's a Yid struggling somewhere, and because if you look at every Yid with Emes Ha'avas Yisrael, so I, sometimes I give up my own um, comforts, even Ruchni, spiritual comforts, in order to try to help another Yid. But, so back to our story though. So, so there's five great disciples. Although there's five, the two that became his primary disciples and ultimately succeeded him is the first two of the five. And that is Rabbi Eliezer ben Hurkanus and Rabbi Yehoshua. Um, I think it's Yehoshua ben Hananiah, if I remember correctly. Rabbi Yehoshua ben Hananiah. Those two were the primary disciples of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. So, when Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai is going to pass away, who's leading the yeshiva in Yavna? So, the Nasi, that is Rabban Gamliel of Yavna. That's why he's called Rabban Gamliel of Yavna, because he led the yeshiva in Yavna. Together with the two primary disciples of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, who are Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yehoshua. And they really those three are mentioned throughout the Mishnah many times as who work together in this era right after the destruction of the second base on Mikdash. Rabban Gamliel, Rabbi Eliezer, and Rabbi Yehoshua. Rabbi Gamliel is the Nasi, Rabbi Eliezer and Yeshua are the leaders of teaching in the yeshiva. And throughout, the, they, they would travel to Rome many times because the Jews are going to be under Roman rule for many, many years after the destruction. And there's all the different um, destructions, and there's the a lot very difficult times for the Jewish people. But the other is the one that ate mud. Right. Ate, Initially, when he, he came to learn Torah, when he came to learn Torah, right, right. Wouldn't give him money because he wanted to learn Torah. That's correct. And ran Why away. would he eat mud? Because because he had nothing to eat. He had nothing because he had no, he had nothing whatsoever, and he came to learn Torah. He didn't have to eat. And then students noticed that he had like bad breath, so they came really. And the Rabbi Yochanan, they called him the Rabbi Yochanan and invited him over again. Yeah. For which for which Rabbi Yochanan invited him over again. And he came from a very wealthy family, but his father just owned him. Well, in Kaddish, it's like Ruffles, Rabbi Now, now, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua 
they're teaching in the yeshiva in Yavna, the Jewish Talmidim are gathering around them. And they have many, many Talmidim. But they have one Talmud who's going to become the next greatest teacher. And one of the great teachers of the Jewish people forever. And who's that Talmud? Is going to be the Talmud of Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Hoshua is the great Rabbi Akiva. I was thinking that, but I thought it was the wrong generation. And that is Rabbi Akiva. And if the story that we just said about Rabbi Eliezer ben Aruch brings out the power of the Jewish wife who brought her husband far away, Rabbi Akiva's story is the most famous story of exactly the opposite. Where this wife, Rachel, the, the wife of Rabbi Akiva, who took her husband, who was an ignoramus, really, um, 40 years old and didn't know Aleph Beis, and turned him in to one of the greatest teachers of Klal Yisrael ever in the history of Klal Yisrael. And that's, just, that's, again, a pretty famous story of Rachel, the wife of Rabbi Akiva, and Rachel was the daughter of a very extremely wealthy man, Kalba Savua, and she, and she saw Rabbi Akiva, he was only a shepherd, and she recognized that this is a man who's destined or could a be a very, very tremendous person. His father was a Geir. Rabbi Kiva's father was a Geir. Um, and she said she would marry him if he promises to learn Torah. And the father says, you marry him, you're out. Right. As far as the, you know, she, you're off my property. You know? And he, she was the heiress of a fabulous... He disowned her. Uh, he just totally disowned her. And she married him, and they lived in poverty. And Rabbi Kiva went off to learn for 24 years. And he became Rabbi Akiva, the teacher of the entire Jewish people of his time. Children? They did have children. They did have children. So obviously he was there at some points, but they yeah, did why have. Why couldn't she go with him? Why did she have to stay separate? This I, makes sense I, to me. I don't know. This is the story. Oh, well, she was doing she was Yiddish, braiding in, hair. In Yiddish, they say, 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 it's a question on the story. I don't know. I don't know. Who were his children? You know what? I don't remember offhand. But there are names of his children that the Gemara talks about. There are names there. And sons of one of them is a son of law, was a great Sadiq. Um, you know what? I don't remember right now. If I remember before our next year, I'll come, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll look that up and get back to you about that. Um, so Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva comes to learn Torah, and his primary teachers are Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yehoshua who were the primary disciples of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. It seems right where Rabbi Akiva came, he, made it, he may have caught Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai a little bit at the end of his life, but his primary teachers were Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yehoshua. And then Rabbi Akiva becomes the undisputed greatest teacher. Now this is all, he's working hand in hand together with the Nasi, which is Rabbi Gamliel, and now we're at Rabbi Gamliel is going to pass away, and it's going to be his son, Rabbi Shimon. So Rabbi Shimon who is the son of Gamliel of Yavna, is now the Nasi, and Rabbi Akiva is really the great Torah teacher so of the time. Is Rabbi Shimon? Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel of Yavna, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and Rabbi Akiva now famously has 24,000 Talmidim, and then all those Talmidim pass away. Yeah. This is, this, the whole Jewish history is happening in these years. And, this is, and Rabbi Akiva is going to be killed by the Romans. He's going to be the greatest of the ten martyrs that's killed by the Romans. The, the, the killing of the ten martyrs by the Romans is one of the hardest periods of our history. The, the, the Gemara says, in the Medrash, that even the Malachim in heaven were clamoring and said, Tashem, zu Torah, zu Like These are the greatest tzaddikim of all time, and they're being killed and murdered in this, in this terrible, despicable way. And Hashem says, 
Hashem says, Shtok, kach Allah b'machshava. He says, it's time for you to be silent. This is my, this is what I understand. No one else can understand it. And Hashem says, if you're going to st- keep on um, clamoring, I'm going to turn the entire world to nothingness. In other words, certain times Hashem says, He uses executive uh, privilege. He says, this is my thing, and that's all. He's not, he's not explaining it to us. And that happens. You know, it's not happy when it happens, necessarily. And that's true also. Rabbi Kiva was this tremendous sadik who when he was that when he was being killed, so he was smi- he was smiling. Right, he's, he's said, Rabbi Akiva said Rabbi Akiva said what you're referring to is when he was dying, he was smiling. And he was being he was being tortured to death. And his Talmudim were there. And he said, Rabbi, how can you smile? And he said, Kol Yamai, all my days I was waiting to be able to fulfill the mitzvah, to give Hashem my entire life and soul. Like we say, Bechol Nafshecha, even my whole nefesh. Now that I'm doing it, could I not be happy? That's, that's Rabbi Akiva. But for Akal Yisrael, this was, a, this was a tragedy and this was a holocaust. So, anyhow, this is Rabbi Akiva. Now, Rabbi Akiva also has many disciples, but most of his disciples died in the famous plague that really is behind the halachas of Sfirah Sa'omer. Then he had five great disciples that survived. Who were the two greatest disciples of Rabbi Akiva who lived after him and are going to be the next great teachers of the Jewish people is and Rabbi exactly Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Meir Balhanes he's called and perhaps next week we'll talk a little bit about the stories of Meir Balhanes and Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai author of the Zohar um, one of the greatest tzaddikim of all time, and someone who his, the place of his passing is, till today, perhaps the most visited gravesite in the Jewish people. Miron? Miron. Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. It's also there, Rabbi Bar Yochai, not far from there. But the two greatest disciples, and the ones who continued the Torah teachings of Rabbi Akiva, were Rabbi Meir, or Rabbi Meir Balanes, but for short, Rabbi Meir, and his um, colleague, Rabbi Shimon, known as Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who is great both in the revealed parts of Torah, he's mentioned throughout the Mishnah hundreds of times. Well, Shimon Bar Yochai's son's name. The Lozer. And, and he's there also. He's buried with his father, right? So Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Meir. They were the next heads of the yeshiva of Yavna, right? Basically, what I'm doing here tonight, I, I know I'm saying a lot of names, but today we're talking about the era of the yeshiva in Yavna, which is right after the destruction of the second base Amikdash. And again, just for clarity's sake, there is the line of the Hillel family, and they're the Nasi, and they're the ones in charge. But then there are all these great Rabbanim and Sadikim that are leading the Torah teachings. So we've traced Rabbi Yochanan Mezakai, his disciples, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yeshua, then Rabbi Akiva. Now we're holding by Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Alanes and Rabbi Shun Bar Yochai. Yes. Um, yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So can I ask you something? I know it's a little bit weird. You keep saying these were the greatest and that was the greatest, but he was the greatest. So, you know, I don't mean to put it down, but it sounds like they were all great. Right. You know? So Correct. how do you define that this was the greatest? Or the I, I, I say, so, I, I, what I'm saying, what I, what, I mean, what I mean is, all the, I, I, we, only, we only mentioned here, I'm only talking about five or six names here. I'm talking about an era where there's hundreds of tanoim. There's a lot of great tzaddikim going on over here, but I'm giving you the, the ones who led, the ones who were teachers of everyone else. So these were the greatest people. I mean, you have the, the Hillel line, 
And then you have these, basically I'm telling you, Rabbi. Uh, so you're saying of that generation, but then you think to yourself and say, you know, but that was the greatest, and, and you know, then you go down, and that was the greatest, and that was, you know, so, wait, wait, so they were the, all... These were all... So who, how do you define what the definition of the great was? Yeah, am I, am I okay, so, yeah, yeah no, it's fine, it's fine. It's, we're not using here a measuring stick for the great Sadiqim of Kal Yisrael. My, my point is, these names that we're talking about now, are names that are, there's lists of Tanoim and that are hundreds of people. I'm only talking about the ones who were in the ultimate leadership the position elite, of Klal Yisrael. The, the ones who were in charge, the ones who were the Rebbes of their, of their times. The ones who were passing it on. So in that alone, there's the line of the Hillel family, the Nasi family, and then there was the great teachers um, and the Rashi Yeshiva of the Yavni Yeshiva. And that's what we're talking about here. That we're continuing this lineage of Torah. Right, right. I thought that the ten martyrs were for the ten drops of, of semen from Yisek Hazati. I thought that's what it was. That, that's also is that brought. A different that, story? It's not a different I story. It's a different one. interpretation or a different medrash explaining behind it. The more common one is what was mentioned earlier: the ten brothers who sold Yosef. Um, but that's mentioned also. Yeah, there's different things that are mentioned, and they're not contradictory. They could be all different angles or different depths of what happened. Who were the five Talmudim who went into the Pardes? Four. Four. Who, who was that? So there was Rabbi Akiva with three, co- with, three co- with three colleagues. Rabbi Akiva was the only one who went in and came out properly. Right. Um, I hope in our next year, we're almost finished for now, but our next year, to give you more stories and background about these Sadiqim we're mentioning today. I just want to give you the, the general picture today. So... This is the this is the people. This is the, our whole our whole terror really is through these people. So Rab Shimon is the one that revealed the Zohar. Correct. I'm saying. Correct. Is that part of this Masorah? We're not talk, we're not talking about that. The Zohar is a different. That's Kabbalah. Um, that's we're talking about primarily the Torah. We're talking more halacha and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Kabbalah is a different name, but that's Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, and that's so a different so time. Because you're mentioning Rav Shimon Bar Yochai as part of the people that passed. because Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, but people don't realize this. Many people think Rav Shimon Bar Yochai is, it was a makubal, that's Kabbalah. Mm-hmm. He was, but he was one of the main sages of the Mishnah. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai is mentioned in every tractate of Mishnah, numerous times. He's one of the primary sages of the Mishnah, as Rabbi Shimon, just as Rabbi Akiva and just as Rabbi Meir. Now, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Meir, that's where we're holding, right? Because we did Rabbi Yochanan Zakai. His successor was Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yehoshua. Their successor was Rabbi Akiva. His successor was Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Meir. And they taught Torah to... Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. So, if you think about it, if you can try to visualize, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi is now the leader that re- this, he's both the family line and he's the Torah line. And it comes all together in Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi who's going to write Mishnayis. And that's really, when you, when you have the picture, so everything comes together in Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. You have Hillel, and the family, Hillel and Shimon and Gamliel and Shimon and Gamliel, Rabbi Yudah Nasi. And Hillel, Rabbi Yochanan Mezakai, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. And Rabbi Yudah Nasi really receives Torah from all of the teachers of his time. And he's, Rabbi Yudah Nasi is like this undisputed tzaddik. And again, the only person in all of Mishnah just called. Many ways. 
anyways, though. The only person all of Mishnah called Rebbe. The only one who just goes by Rebbe. Rebbe. The Rebbe is one person. Rebbe Yehuda Hanasi. He's also called Rabbeinu HaKadosh, the Holy Tzaddik. He was also fabulously wealthy. Why? Could he inherit it? Um, I don't, I don't know. Learning, I don't know. But Rebbe Hanasi was fabulously wealthy, and he was very connected to the Roman, yeah, to the Roman that's emperor. Story. That's a story for itself. Amir Tashem. Amir Tashem. Next week. Next week, we'll talk about that. He was the first thing that was written down as, a fish, as an official book of Torah Shabbat Peh. We talked about this in the past. There were always people writing notes and taking notes to remember and to teach. But never was it written in book form. And it wasn't allowed to be written in book form. The, tra- the tradition given from Moshe Rabbeinu was Torah Shabbat Peh is meant to be kept Baal Peh. The oral tradition is meant to be transmitted orally. That's how it was given. And it wasn't until Rabbi Yehuda who if we do our timeline again, we did this before, is maybe close to 1,500 years. I'm not going through the numbers in my head now, but maybe close to that. From Moshe Rabbeinu till him, and he who received Torah from all of the teachers beforehand, and was also the Nasi, because that was also his grandfather, was Hillel Azakin. Hillel, I don't know if I mentioned before, I may have forgotten, Hillel comes from the tribe of Yehuda, which is the tribe of Nasi and Klal Yisrael anyway. So Hillel was from Yehuda also? Yes, Hillel came from the tribe of Yehuda, hence all his sons and grandsons obviously did as well. So Yehuda and Nasi is part of the, Yehudic, the Yehuda dynasty as well, which is the dynasty of Malachim, of kings, and the dynasty of Mashiach ultimately. So Rabbi Yehuda and Nasi, who was this level of Shlemus, of, of, of complete both in his receiving of Torah of the Sadiqim before and both being the family from Hillel and from Yehuda and so on, he is the one who made that determination in his time to begin writing the basic halachas of the Torah. And that was the book of Mishnah that he compiled of all, all the halachas. All Shri Shasidir Mishnah, the six orders of the Mishnah, which is what we call today Shas. And what's the Shash, Shas is an acronym for Shisha Sidorim. Six orders of Mishnah, and once he wrote that, already many other Tanoim in his generation. The Talmud. The Talmud is a commentary to the Mishnah. The word Shash means Shisha Sidurim. Yeah, but those really, really big books. So what's the Brighton? With the Hasidim one, they cost like two thousand dollars. They they're in leather. What was I saying? That oh yes, that Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi wrote the Shas. He wrote the Mishnah, mm-hmm. and as soon as he wrote that, other tan- once he gave the the permission, so to speak, to start writing these ideas of the Oral Torah, so many other Tanoim also immediately started writing the tradition of the Torah that they had received, and that's when you had the Brisa and the Tosefta and the Medrashim and all the different types of Medrashim. All came in the same time as Rebuda Anasi and in the generation after. It was like the floodgates had opened. Here you had thousands of years or 1500 years of teachings, and suddenly they could write. So you can imagine. So the most authoritative of all of those books is the Mishnah. Um, and because Rebuda Anasi carried the ultimate authority as far as Allah is concerned in his generation um, and even after. Like if there's ever, the, the, the Gemara, the Talmud, which is a, which is a discussion of the Mishnah, is always comparing the Mishnah with the Brisa, with the Tosefta, and trying to iron it out. But the Mishnah is always the most authoritative. And that's where Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi wrote. So Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, back to our numbers, is number 35, 35 right? Um, because, in, and I'm saying this again, in our numbers, all of the tzaddikim that I just mentioned on the side are not part of our numbers. 
right? Rabbi Yochanan Mezaka and all that, Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Meir and Shimon are all not part of the numbers because the numbers are one person per generation who is the one who's responsible for the transmission. But at the same time, you had all these great Torah tzaddikim and geniuses and, 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 and scholars who were teaching Torah specifically in Yavna and ultimately in other yeshivas.